The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank. News and comment. Wednesday, September 28, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news. Made possible when you shop Amazon through the links at buzzburbank.com. The Federal Labor Department is investigating Wells Fargo in the aftermath of a policy that led to the widespread cheating of customers. Wells Fargo Bank was giving bonuses and raises to employees who opened the most new accounts, prompting thousands of employees to open accounts in the names of existing customers, allowing the bank to charge customers fees for accounts they didn't know existed. The employees had even moved customers' money without their knowledge to open these new accounts. In addition to incentivizing employees, Wells Fargo also punished them, firing those who didn't meet the quotas or refused to do so on ethical grounds. Wells Fargo management allowed, apparently even encouraged, the opening of more than two million bogus accounts and collected over $2.5 million in fees. Now the Labor Department's looking into the carrot-and-stick policy the bank says it's now abandoned. But now the bank's called such attention to itself, the Labor Department will also look into Wells Fargo's working hours, its wages, and how it pays overtime. Wells Fargo Bank's also being investigated by the Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Services Committee. And the bank's being sued by employees who say they were fired for not taking part in the massive scam, and customers are likely to file suits as well. One of the nation's biggest banks is caught in the crosshairs. With that, the bank's board is taking $41 million in stock away from the CEO, along with his bonuses for this year. The Wells Fargo board has also suspended John Stump's salary, and it's retiring another high-ranking bank official, forcing her to give up her bonuses, $19 million in stocks, and taking away her $125 million severance package. The latest police killing of a black man was in the San Diego suburb of El Cajon, and it set off the latest round of protests. Police say the man had been acting erratically, walking into traffic, and, after reaching into his pocket, had raised his arms to a gun-firing position. They say he refused to follow their orders. Witnesses say the man was just raising his hands, but police say cell phone video backs up their version. Police there do not yet have body cameras. The man had no gun. Police fired about five shots. An angry but otherwise peaceful protest followed, the crowd chanting, Black Lives Matter and Hands Up, Don't Shoot. The dead man reportedly had mental health issues and had just suffered a seizure, something reported to them by the man's sister. In Charlotte, North Carolina, citizens were lining up to demand that the mayor resign following the police killing of a black man. Police say Keith Scott had a gun. His family disputes that. Quoting one of the 40 protesters at the first city council meeting since the shooting, the secrecy, the lies, we don't deserve this, you don't deserve to be mayor, adding, you are on the verge of bringing this fine city to its knees. Step down. The secrecy refers to the initial refusal by Charlotte's police chief to make public the police video of an incident in which Keith Scott was killed. After tremendous pressure from an angry public, the chief released the video, which failed to answer lingering questions about the gun police say they recovered. Charlotte Mayor Jennifer Scott listened as a little girl got up on a ladder to say, tears streaming down her cheeks, It's a shame our fathers and mothers are killed and we can't see them anymore. A little boy spoke of his fear of police. Mayor Scott has in fact criticized her city's lack of transparency and said it has to be fixed. 
He's asked for a review of the police use of force procedures. Mayor Scott's also asked the Justice Department to monitor the investigation into the death of Keith Scott. Days later, the residents are demanding the resignation of the mayor and the police chief, saying they've both handled this poorly. As the dust settled and the polls came in, it became more clear who didn't win Monday night's debate. Only 27% of voters who watched the debate believed Trump was the winner. 62% of the people watching thought Clinton won, according to a flash poll by CNN. Even if you give Trump the 12% who were undecided about who won, Clinton still wins with 23 points to spare. Narrow the flash poll to just the independents who will likely decide this election, and Clinton still wins, beating Trump 54 to 33. And it wasn't just CNN's poll. Public policy polling also conducted a flash poll and found Clinton winning 51% to 40. And that poll shows Clinton beating Trump with young voters and women. Two-thirds of young voters thought Clinton won the debate and that the matchup made them more likely to vote for Clinton. Donald Trump, meanwhile, complained that his microphone wasn't working properly and wondered if it had been sabotaged. The microphone did work perfectly on television, although it apparently cut out a few times in the auditorium at Hofstra University where the debate was held. Quoting Hillary Clinton, anybody who complains about the microphone is not having a good night. It was the most watched political debate in American television history. 84 million people watched, a few more than the previous record holder, Reagan and Carter, in 1980. But for this debate, YouTube was around, its various feeds attracting another 2.5 million people. It would be extremely difficult to count the numbers from the hundreds of other streaming videos of the debate. And none of this counts the number of people who'd gathered at parties and bars and theaters to watch Clinton v. Trump. From the formation of Israel to the signing of a peace deal with the Palestinians, Shimon Peres was there. As prime minister, his efforts for peace won him the Nobel Peace Prize, and he's now died at the age of 93. President Obama, the Pope, Prince Charles, Mr. and Mrs. Clinton, and leaders from around the world are preparing to attend his funeral. Peres believed in a two-state solution, a home for the Israelis and for the Palestinians, a goal that has still not been realized. The world is a desperate place, whether you look to the past, the present, or the future. There have always been dangers, and there apparently always will be. Or to put it another way, it's always something. If it isn't one thing, it's something else. Which leads us to remarks by FBI Director James Comey about what happens after ISIS is destroyed. The so-called caliphate will be crushed, said Comey to Congress. Through the fingers of that crush, he said, hundreds of very, very dangerous people. They will not all die on the battlefield. Over the next two to five years, said Comey, they will spread across the globe, quote, like we've never seen before. Comey told Congress nations like ours need to prepare for that. Comey says terrorism is the FBI's top priority, but terrorists are a special challenge because they're so focused and persistent. But senators told Comey they were not satisfied with the FBI handling of terror suspects, including the Orlando nightclub mass murderer and the suspected bomber who struck last week in New York and New Jersey. Comey agreed to keep future investigations open longer. Between the provocations of North Korea and Russia, the Pentagon's decided it should spend $348 billion for a new nuclear arsenal, bombers, subs, and missiles. Defense Secretary Ash Carter referred to Russia's saber-rattling as he met with airmen at Minot in North Dakota. Carter says the Pentagon has underinvested in nukes over the past 20 years. 
A war that dragged on for a half century, killing hundreds of thousands of people, is now finally over. In Colombia, the president has signed a new peace agreement with the leader of the rebels who fought their government for decades. Thousands of people turned out in Cartagena to celebrate, many wearing white for peace. The United Nations secretary was there to see the two leaders sign the peace deal using pens made from bullets inscribed with the words, Bullets wrote our past, education our future. That's one rebel group down and one to go. The National Liberation Party, a considerably smaller group, has also talked with the Colombian government but has not yet worked out a deal. But 52 years of war with the FARC rebels are over. Support news and comment with follows, likes, and shares across social media at Buzz Burbank and Michael J. Elston. This is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. Well, here's a way to help really support this free daily newscast and get yourself more entertainment for less cash. Compared to Netflix and Hulu, Amazon Prime Video has three or four times as many streaming movies, and it costs a dollar less per month. You can subscribe to Amazon Prime Video through my webpage on a monthly basis now for just $8.99. Amazon Prime Video has thousands of TV shows, including award-winning original series, but if you love movies, Amazon Prime Video is the one for you and for a dollar less a month than Netflix and Hulu. And Prime Video is now available on a monthly basis at the lowest price in streaming. Subscribing to Amazon Prime Video or Amazon Prime, also available monthly, helps support this free daily newscast when you go through the links you'll find at buzzburbank.com. The precautions paid off in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where the floodwaters, not as deep as expected, were held back by berms, barrier walls, and bags of sand. The Cedar River is falling now after cresting at under 22 feet. That's about 10 feet less water than the devastating flood there in 2008. The city quickly put up a five-foot temporary flood wall beforehand at a cost of $5 million. The next 48 hours will still be crucial as floodwaters remain, but... We did it, said the mayor. We saved the city. 10,000 residents evacuated in preparation for the flood as 10 inches of rain fell in three days. The National Guard was called in. Schools and businesses were closed. The evacuees have now been told they should be able to go home by Friday. For every three people who have traded in a possibly combustible Galaxy Note 7 phone, there are two who aren't taking it back for a safer replacement. Defective batteries in the first round of the new Samsung phone caused fires, small explosions, property damage, and injuries. With a push from the federal government, Samsung finally engaged in a more aggressive recall of the potentially dangerous phones. And although not every first-generation Note 7 has the bad battery, Samsung is now begging the holdouts to trade them in for one the company knows is safe. 40% of those first buyers seem to be refusing to let go of a phone banned by airlines. Quoting a statement from Samsung, we are humbled by our customers' loyalty. If you want to shake that kidney stone faster, get on a roller coaster. Your best bet is a medium-intensity coaster and ride in the back car. Osteopathic doctors finally studied this after hearing from patients for years that the painful stones finally passed when the patient went to an amusement park. One in 11 of us get kidney stones. They're buildups of calcium and the like that usually exit the body through the bladder and urethra. You'd know it if you had them. Quoting one doctor, imagine giving birth to a porcupine. Urologists say one patient passed three stones after riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disneyland. 
More than two-thirds of the people with stones who've tried it say it works, and now doctors say so too. It may sound like a waste of perfectly good coffee, but it may be the way we'll get and keep lead out of our drinking water. Italian scientists have used coffee grounds, dried and crushed to a powder, to make a kind of foam filter. It looks like a brown sponge. When contaminated water passes through it, more than two-thirds of the lead is filtered out. Leave the filter in still water for 30 hours and it removes 99% of the lead. Then we can throw out the coffee grounds, keeping them away from the water supply. The researchers say that since most coffee grounds just go to a landfill, why not use them to clean water? And why not save energy by not hauling them to the dump? Alicia Machado has done all right for herself, even though Donald Trump once called her Miss Piggy. Perhaps you heard that nickname invoked during the candidates' debate this week. As the first Miss Universe after Donald Trump bought the rights to the contest, Alicia went on to be a TV actress in Latin America and to sell a successful line of beauty products. But Alicia, quoting Donald Trump, gained a massive amount of weight and that was a real problem, end quote. Yes, after winning Miss Universe at age 19 and about 120 pounds, Alicia, in the months that followed, grew to over 160 pounds. In other words, she eventually weighed what the average American woman weighs, around 166. Trump called her the absolute worst winner the pageant had ever had, adding that it was, quote, a real problem. And he called her Miss Piggy and Miss Eating Machine, once making her work out in front of TV cameras. Alicia says it was all humiliating and that Trump bringing it up again in Monday night's debate was, quote, a really bad dream. And we close with a few amusing notes about Monday night's Clinton-Trump debate. There was Donald Trump's repeated sniffing, a phenomenon he would also blame on a microphone he'd earlier said was defective, possibly by sabotage. There were the tickets people needed to have to get into the auditorium at New York's Hofstra University to see the debate in person. On the commemorative version of the ticket, Hillary Clinton's name was misspelled. Someone left out an L from Hillary. The school is now having the tickets reprinted for students who want to keep them as keepsakes, although the misspelled version will likely be more valuable. And finally, before the debate, the police in the college town of Lawrence, Kansas, warned citizens not to engage in drinking games based on the debate. We discourage that strongly, said the department in a tweet. And the Lawrence police also got a 911 call related to the debate, prompting them to put out this statement. Being mad at a presidential candidate in a debate is not a reason to call 911. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening. And thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and comment. Buzz, buzz. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.